Hello, you're listening to Search for Truth, your Bible teaching program with Brian Johnston. And we've reached the final point in our study of the Bible book called Romans here today. Thanks for joining me and once again, a friendly welcome to you, even if you may be joining us for your first time. Brian, your Bible teacher, has reached the conclusion of our series of studies in Romans and the Apostle Paul in the final chapter of his letter to the Romans also gives us powerful summary of the magnificent Bible truth of the Gospel. And here's Brian. Thanks, John. We now come to the last study in our series that has seen us working our way through the Apostle Paul's letter to the Romans. Naturally, we're calling it Conclusion. The conclusion of Paul's letter to the Romans contains another magnificent summary of the Gospel. Here it is from chapter 16.25. Now to him who is able to establish you according to my Gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery which has been kept secret for long ages past, but now is manifested, and by the scriptures of the prophets, according to the commandment of the eternal God, has been made known to all the nations, leading to obedience of faith, to the only wise God, through Jesus Christ, be the glory forever. Amen. Again, notice what Paul's gospel is said to lead to. It's the obedience of faith. First and last in Romans, it's about the obedience of faith. Such a thing as easy believism, just believe, wasn't known to Paul. That wasn't the essence of Paul's preaching. The gospel, once accepted, should shape our whole life. As we saw from the previous section, it should transform our whole way of living. Notice with me that this is not talking about obedience to the faith, but the obedience of faith. It's the obedience that characterises faith and proceeds from it. Real faith is characterised by obedience, yielding to the message, is surrendering to Christ. It's striking that Paul concludes this letter to the Romans with an identical phrase to the one he introduces it with, the obedience of faith. He begins his letter by telling the Church of God in Rome that he'd received grace and apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith for the sake of Jesus' name among all the nations. And now he ends the letter by telling them that God's revelation in the prophetic writings, that is, his gospel plan, was to bring about the obedience of faith among all nations. Faith, self-renouncing trust in Jesus Christ, is obedience to the gospel command to believe on the Lord Jesus for salvation. That faith in Jesus Christ initiates a believer into a life of obedience to Jesus Christ. In concluding these studies on Paul's letter to the Romans, Perhaps we can do no better than to look back again, over our shoulder as it were, at the ground we've covered, to gain a complete overview of this magnificent letter that so completely answers the question, what is the gospel? Paul has here set out for all time such a wonderfully orderly defence of the gospel that it squarely faces up to and systematically defeats every conceivable objection that could be raised against the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is about what God has done for us through his son Jesus and supremely what he did at the cross 
where Jesus died to pay the price of our rebellion, a rebellion that had alienated us from our Creator God. To survey this glorious gospel that's all of God's grace, grace being his favour that's totally undeserved by us, we've made use of the fact that it's previously been observed that there are eight main sections to this letter. We are now at the conclusion, and it's a conclusion that follows on from other earlier sections of the letter that have been labelled as condemnation, justification, sanctification, glorification, predestination and transformation. And all of these were, of course, introduced with the introduction, giving eight sections in all. In the introduction, Paul tells us the gospel is divine as to both its source and subject. It's the gospel of God concerning his Son. And for sure, Paul's not ashamed of it. In fact, it's his only boast. He tells us it's the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. After the introduction to the gospel, condemnation was the theme covered in the first major section of the Apostle Paul's letter to the Romans. It's a section that stretches from the middle of chapter 1 all the way until the middle of chapter 3. The chief aim of this section is to show that all the world, the Jewish world as well as the Gentile world, was totally corrupted and guilty before a holy God whose anger burned against human sin. This is the bad news that defines the gospel as being truly good news. If condemnation is about us being declared guilty before a holy God whom we've offended by our rebellious attitude and behaviour against him, then justification is about us being declared righteous before God. It's about having a right standing before him, a right relationship with him. And that then meant the third section of Romans was on justification and it occupies us till we get to the end of chapter 5. I just love how systematic the Apostle Paul is as the Spirit leads him in such an orderly way through these great themes of the Gospel. Not only do they follow on the one from the other, but when we came to look at justification, we saw how Paul tackles it by first setting out its instruction, and then its implications, and finally its illustrations. Next came the fourth section of the Apostle Paul's letter to the Romans, entitled Sanctification. We saw it as being in two parts. In one sense, it's already complete in Christ. But for the other part, it's an ongoing process in Christian living. Paul's treatment of this topic of sanctification took us from the beginning of chapter 6 right through to some way down chapter 8. The start of chapter 6 is clearly dealing with sanctification, that is, holiness, because here Paul is responding to objectors who said to Paul, we might as well go on sinning if we are assured already of God's forgiveness. Having dealt with condemnation, justification and then sanctification, we next came to glorification, and that led us up to the end of Romans chapter 8. The future stage of glorification is when our sanctification will be complete in both senses. Remember, we've already talked about a once-for-all sanctification that God does for us when we receive Christ for salvation. But then there's also that which is our daily responsibility, and that is to cooperate with the promptings of the Spirit of God within us so that we live an increasingly holy life as far as our Christian behaviour is concerned. We are holy 
So now we've got to become holy. A lot of teaching in the New Testament is about believers on the Lord Jesus becoming what they already are. That is, becoming in practical terms, day to day, the same as God already sees them as being in Christ. It's catching up with reality. When in the future we stand with Christ in glory, we'll have fully become, in every sense, what we truly already have been by God's grace in Christ from the time of our salvation. I was illustrating this at a summer Bible camp this year. I had one person represent Jesus Christ, while another, at the totally opposite side of the room, was representing Adolf Hitler. Then I called for another lad to represent the Apostle Paul, the godly writer of this letter to the Romans. At first, I placed him halfway between the first two persons, halfway on the scale between the extremes that we've mentioned. I asked the audience if they thought I should be moving Paul nearer to Jesus or nearer to Hitler. Some thought I should lead him higher up the scale, closer to the person representing Jesus. But then I moved him in the opposite direction until he was standing right next to Hitler. This certainly surprised some. Surely there exists a big difference between Hitler and the Apostle Paul? There certainly does. But the object of the demonstration was to illustrate that there is an incomparably bigger difference between Jesus and Paul than there is between Paul and Hitler. God is holy. He is totally other than what we are in that respect. But when we who have trusted in Christ alone for salvation are finally glorified, we will be as close to being like Christ as it's possible for any creature to be. This is the ultimate goal of our sanctification and transformation. Well, back to our Romans review. For chapters 9 through 11, we had the heading Predestination. This is the deepest truth of the gospel, but one that finds an echo in John chapter 6 and Ephesians chapter 1. We were chosen to become holy before time ever began. So by the time Paul gets to chapter 12 of his letter to the Romans, he's covered the teaching of the gospel under the headings of condemnation, justification, sanctification, glorification and predestination. The hinge point, we said, came at chapter 12 and lasts until very near the end. And this is where he deals with transformation, mainly in chapters 12 through 15. The transformation of our lives as a result of the gospel. This section on application of all the truth that's gone before is clearly signalled by the first word of chapter 12, usually being found to be the word therefore in all the different translations. Now may God help us, very ordinary people as we are, in fact exactly like the 24 persons named in the conclusion of this letter. May God help us, ordinary people, to live out such extraordinary good news. To God be all the glory. Oh,
Once again, I hope you enjoyed today's study talk. And I'd like to remind you about the transcript book of all the talks in this series, which will be helpful to you to pursue further study if you want to. So let me remind you once again how you can freely receive it. Firstly, it's available online and you can obtain one by downloading a copy from churchesofgod.info forward slash media. Alternatively, you can write to us and request a hard copy book be posted to you. Just ask for the title, Putting the Gospel First. And don't forget to include your own postal address so we know where to send it. You can use email or the post, and here's our address. Search for Truth, Hayes Press, The Barn, Flaxlands, Royal Button Bassett, Swindon, SN48DY, UK. Our email address is sft at churchesofgod.info. So, thank you, finally, for giving me the pleasure of your company today. And thank you for your kindness in giving us your time. We've now completed our studies of the Book of Romans, and I hope if you've been following over the last eight weeks that you found it interesting and helpful. Next week, God willing, we see the start of a brand new series, so please join me if you can, same time next week. But for now, it's goodbye and very best wishes from Bible teacher Brian, our producer, David, our singers, and me, John. So see you again soon, and in the meantime, we wish you God's richest blessings. Keep us, Lord, oh, keep us Thank you.